This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. Welcome to Podcast, produced by students in the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media program at Durham College. Hi, this is Marissa Ramtran, and welcome to Messages from Mars, a show that talks about local news, sports, entertainment, and the stories that matter. Coming up on today's show, I'll be talking about the very real crisis that's been happening in Trinidad. On January 29th, 23-year-old Andrea Barrett got into a taxi with her co-worker. Andrea's friend was dropped off, but Andrea was not. Andrea's father called her cell phone, only to have a man answer. The man demanded a ransom and threatened to hurt Andrea if it was not received. Andrea was missing for seven days. Her body was eventually found off the side of the road. The cause of death was determined to be blunt force trauma injuries to her head. Andrea is one of many sisters that the Caribbean community has lost to violence against women. In Trinidad alone, women and girls are being abducted, sexually assaulted, abused, and murdered, and nothing has been done about it. Here are the facts that no one wants to accept. Trinidad is facing a gender-based violence crisis. In 2019, 535 women and girls went missing, and in 2020, that number was 416. And with the COVID-19 pandemic stay-at-home orders, there has also been a rise in domestic violence reports from women. The stats are beyond terrifying and go beyond Trinidad. Women and girls throughout the entire Caribbean community are victims of gender-based violence. It's a violence that has been so deeply ingrained in the culture that prior to now, I don't think women really spoke up against it. But that's not the case anymore because women are tired of the injustice and will not allow Andrea and so many other innocent women's deaths to go without punishment. Across Trinidad, vigils, protests, and demonstrations have taken place as everyone mourns and demands justice against gender-based violence. Women held signs demanding change, justice, and protection. Hundreds marched the streets with candles in hand. The cries for justice were felt all throughout the Caribbean diaspora, with many of us trying to show our support and lend our voices from a distance. But I won't lie to you, it hasn't been easy. Sometimes when something is happening far away, you'd rather turn away from it because it's too much. It's crushing to see the number of women who have been turned into victims. Women who had full lives to live, who will now never smile again, never attend another carnival, never hug their loved ones. And that's why I refuse to turn away from Andrea Barrett, from Suzette Sylvester, Shanice Cooper, Ashanti Riley, Tisha Henry, Trisha Ramsaran, Rihanna Jordan, and countless other women. Women who are victims of gender violence should not be forgotten. Not by the Caribbean community and also not by people who choose these tropical destinations to get away from it all. Say their names. Do your research. Find out what you can do to help. And the next time you or someone you know decides to go on a trip to the Caribbean, Remember what members of the community are fighting for. Thanks for listening to Messages from Mars. I'm Marissa Ramtran, and I'll see you next time. You are listening to podcasts produced by the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media Program at Durham College. Hi, my name's Austin, and welcome to The Pulse. 
Coming up today, I want to talk about something we can all relate to. Now, I imagine most of you listening to this program have a job or maybe you're even on your way to one. Now, I'm no financial advisor, but what if I told you that your money could be making you more money? One of the most lucrative investments that can be made in 2021 is cryptocurrency, specifically Bitcoin. Now, I'm a college student and I personally invest in Bitcoin as well as a couple other cryptocurrencies. And I'm not telling you that you have to invest and I'm not even telling you that you should invest. However, I do want to present the case that it is something you should at least consider adding to your portfolio. Here are four reasons why I invest in Bitcoin. Reason number one, the risk. Now, the risk of investing in any cryptocurrency is often the reason people stay away from it. People look at the risk of losing money and understandably get turned off by it. However, I believe the bigger risk is that it does become that global currency and you miss out. While Bitcoin is extremely volatile and fluctuates in value, it is up 44% in the past month alone. Do not get left out in the dust. Reason number two, portfolio diversity. Now, I mentioned earlier about diversifying your portfolio, which is something that has never been more important. Due to current times, every investment is at risk of failing. Even the biggest companies in the world have seen losses over the past year, employee cutbacks, etc., due to the economy due to the pandemic. Now, an investment in cryptocurrency would relieve the stress your portfolio has on things like businesses being open. Even if every store closed tomorrow, Bitcoin would still hold. Reason number three, it's fun. A very important thing about cryptocurrency is obviously it is a risky investment, which means you should invest accordingly. Many people think you can only buy one Bitcoin, which would cost you over $60,000 Canadian, but this is not true. You can own fractions of a Bitcoin, which means you could invest any amount you wanted. Now, assuming the money you have invested is not going to make you homeless, watching the valuation increase, dip, hit another increase, it's a thrilling experience that, as of current projections and current markets, over the long term will be profitable. And the last reason is the growth. Now, everything I have said to you is all well and good, but here are some actual numbers on Bitcoin. In February of 2020, one year ago, Bitcoin was just flirting with a $10,000 American value. As I record this, it has surpassed 50000 American dollars. If one year is too broad of a time frame, let's just look at the past three months. In November of 2020, the price of Bitcoin was between 17000 and 19000 American dollars. So let's take the average price of 18000 and use 50000 as the current value. That is a 177% increase. With Tesla accepting the coin as payment and Apple beginning to do the same, there is no doubt in my mind that cryptocurrency will be a big player for many, many years to come. Thanks for listening to The Pulse, and I hope to see you next time. You are listening to podcasts produced by the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media Program at Durham College. Hello and welcome to Durham's Corner. I'm your host, Adrian Garcia. Today, I'm going to briefly discuss one of the largest tank battles to take place during the Second World War. The Battle of Kursk, which started on the 5th of July, 1943, with the German counteroffensive Operation Citadel. Now, let me quickly explain the situation for the German army coming into the operation. They are still recoiling from the brutal urban combat and eventual encirclement of German forces in Stalingrad. However, 
German generals proposed a plan to attack Kursk and cut off Soviet forces who were further ahead than the rest of the Soviet army, which formed a salient around Kursk. So it was settled. Field Marshal Erich von Meinstein with his Panzer Corps and 780,000 men towards Kursk. Now the Soviets weren't idled while this was happening. They developed a modern defense-in-depth scheme, which made attacking even the most lightly defended position to cause strain on logistics with the delaying tactics of the defensive doctrine. The Soviets also pulled in 1.9 million troops and over 5,000 tanks in defense of Kursk. Before the attack, the Soviets rained artillery and Katusha rockets on the German positions in an attempt to throw off the amassing army, but the effect was minimal. So on July 5th, 1943, the Germans commenced their attack, only to be met with over 300 kilometers of defensive depth, with their dwindling manpower and equipment had to smash through, and a determined Soviet army to boot. Now for the Germans, Operation Citadel was a response to the crushing loss at Stalingrad and served as a last-ditch effort for the Germans to re-establish control in the Eastern Front. For the Soviets, however, this was a battle of survival and revenge. For the Russians knew, Nazis viewed them as subhuman, and if captured, would be used as slave labor along with other captured Soviet troops. And a vengeful rhetoric began to run through the bloods of Soviet troops as Nazi atrocities during Operation Barbarossa came to light more and more. Now, this doesn't excuse the later atrocities that the Soviets did. However, it does show how much contempt and hate they had against Germany when going into this battle. With very different mindsets, the Germans were not expecting the level of fight the Russians had in them. The battle that took place was hell on earth. Think of the last battle in the movie Passchendaele with Paul Gross, but with armored tanks fighting close quarters with other tanks, and Soviet tanks driving and ramming into German tanks when they ran out of ammunition. Soviet troops jumping onto German tanks, grabbing commanders and detonating the tanks with the bags with bags of explosives. Luftwaffe bombers and the Soviet Air Force took turns to indiscriminately bomb the battlefield, not even caring if they hit their own troops. This was total war. Now, at the end of Operation Citadel, the Germans suffered 54,000 wounded or killed and roughly 323 tanks before Hitler pulled the plug on the operation as Allied troops began their invasion of Sicily. Soviets, on the other hand, had lost almost three times the number of men and tanks, with 177,000 men wounded or killed and roughly 19, 000, sorry, 1,900 tanks lost. However, despite the losses the Soviets uh, took, they could afford those losses. The Germans, however, could not and could no longer launch any offensives into Russia. Curse became a turning point in the East, further putting the advantage in Soviet hands. And with that, the counteroffensive in Germany began. That is all the time I have today. Uh, I wasn't able to cover everything, but I hope my summary was good enough to inspire a little bit of research of your own. And if you're interested further in vehicles used in this battle or the World War as a whole, as I was, you should take a look at the vast armored collection at the Ontario Regiment Royal Canadian Armored Corps Museum. It's a mouthful, I know, but memorable nonetheless. 
Anyways, I am Adrian Garcia, and thank you so much for listening to Durham's Corner. You are listening to podcasts produced by the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media Program at Durham College. Hi, this is your host, Jay Morrison, and welcome to Today with Jay. Coming up today, we're going to be talking about a couple things that have been trending ever since the pandemic started. Let's get straight into our first trending topic. The first one on the list, and this is probably one of the biggest trends during COVID, is gaming. No matter if it's on your phone, computer, or console, gaming has grown worldwide. There has been an increase in video games sold worldwide, and honestly, I'm not even surprised. We're all at home, bored, and we have nothing better to do. We need to entertain ourselves during times like these. And I don't know about you, but I've been playing video games at least almost every single day in order to not be bored and to make sure that I'm entertained. I suggest that you guys hop on this gaming trend. Go out, get yourself a PlayStation, Xbox, or even a desktop and join this trend. Second on the list of trending things during COVID is watch parties. Watch parties? What the heck is that? We can't have parties. We're in a pandemic. A watch party is something you can do with family and friends from the comfort of your home. A watch party is when you watch a movie with whoever you want at the same time. The Netflix Party Chrome extension makes this possible. What if you can't find anything to watch on Netflix? Don't worry, because Amazon Prime and Disney Plus also have this feature. That's actually pretty cool. Like, I'm not even going to lie. Like, you can have, like, a big family movie night, and you won't get charged or any tickets because you guys are all at your own homes. You know what? I might just have to try this out, like, at home, having a little snack. You know, I'm I'm hanging out with my family virtually, and it's safe. I don't I don't I don't think it's a bad idea. Another thing trending during this pandemic is YouTube. Everyone, and I mean pretty much everyone, is on YouTube creating channels for learning purposes, entertainment, or even just daily living. I think everyone should have a YouTube channel. Kind of like how everyone has Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook. You know, I find it interesting to see what everyone's doing, especially with times being like this, just being able to see how other people are dealing with COVID would be pretty interesting. If you're sitting at home and you want to do something, start a YouTube channel. You guys are probably wondering, Jay, do you have a YouTube channel? I sure do. If you guys want to reach out to me and subscribe to my channel, it's called Twisted. Yes, T-W-I-S-T-E-D. Make sure to subscribe, and I hope you guys find a passion for YouTube like I did. All right, well, that's three things that have been trending during COVID-19. I hope you guys try or at least start these things just to keep you, one, inside, and two, not being bored. Also, before I close out, I hope you guys are all staying safe during these times, social distancing, and most definitely, wearing your mask. Well, that's all I have for you today on Today with Jay. I'm your host, Jay Morrison, and I hope you have an amazing day. Thanks for listening to podcasts produced by the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media Program at Durham College. Do you have an idea or a podcast to share? 
Send it to us here at Discovery, the radio show for podcasters on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to the Millennial Balance Podcast, brought to you by 105.9 The Region. I'm Shalisa Bacchus. I'm Afua Ba. How's everybody doing today? I mean, I assume you're only talking to me because, I mean, <laughs> it's only you and I well, in the room today. I'm, like, sitting here waiting for like, someone <laughs> to answer you, and it's like, wait, I guess just you. that means I should answer. Every I just want to put this out there. Every time we start a new episode, it's something that I do to mess it up, and this is just <laughs> another one. So, clearly, we are in the—we're in a good place. Yeah, and you know what? At least you got your name out this time. Yes! So. You know, I, I think I was so focused on getting my name right that yes. I, even, I forgot about everything forgot else. everything that follows. We'll get there. Well, you know what? That's why we feed off each other. That's yes. why we're here. That's why there are two of us. Now, Afo, I just want to quickly yeah. say you've been uh, embarking on a new journey recently. Yes. You haven't been around our ends as often. I still have. <laughs> I just like to roam. I've decided to, you know, try a new part in my career. So, yeah, I'm not at the region anymore or as much as I used to be, but I'm still here-ish, like for right now, for doing this mm-hmm. uh, show with you. Yeah. So, it's nice to see you. Likewise. It's, it's different. It Everybody is. here really misses you, although you haven't given us much of a chance <laughs> to miss you miss. yet. It will settle in and it will sink in at some point. Eventually. But we are very happy for you, Afwa, and we wish you nothing but the best Thank on you. this journey. Now, before we all start crying again, Good. let's Stop it. get into... Suck those tears right back into your eye, Doug. Right back. <laughs> I tried. We don't even need to add sound effects we to don't. this. <laughs> we just make create our own it ourselves. Thing. All right, we've got to get serious because yeah. although we joke around, we talk, we have fun with each other, we do want to shed some light on Black History Month. It mm-hmm. is still February, and although, as I said before, this these conversations should continue yeah. all year round, but it is an important time mm. uh, for us to recognize the past, the present, and the future, yep. and we want to talk about it. Yes, we do. There's so many different aspects to Black History Month. Of course, one predominant part being the history. Uh, there's the culture. There is uh, the fashion. There's the also, too, um, the experiences. Mm-hmm. And everyone's experience during Black History Month or their lived experience living as a Black Canadian is different. Mm-hmm. Um, not every story is the same. However, sometimes we do hear that there are some similarities to those lived experiences, that they cross, they intersect. Um, and that's what we're going to be shedding more light on uh, Mm -hmm. today talking about our lived experiences as black Canadians and also to us getting into the media industry you know and trying to navigate uh, how to get into the industry in the first place and how to cement our ourselves in this Mm -hmm. industry not necessarily to become famous or anything but to have a long-lasting career Mm -hmm. um, in an industry that let's be real previously known it's now starting to change a little bit but been widely known as being predominantly caucasian yeah and um, and yeah. i think uh our our generation can definitely say that growing up we didn't really see a lot of people mm-hmm. on tv or in radio mm-hmm. who looked and sounded like we did yeah although there are a lot of diversity initiatives being put into mm-hmm. place to try and diversify the media industry but mm. You know, we still got a long way to go. We do. So before we even get into that sort of part where we walked into the media industry, let's, I guess, take ourselves back a little bit and talk about uh, our experiences. Mm-hmm. Shaliza, for you, how was your experience sort of growing up? You know what? I feel like I grew up in a pretty diverse uh, neighborhood. And when I went to school, I did see actually a lot of people who looked like me mm. and a lot of people who didn't. 
And I feel like it was this melting pot of cultures and we all sort of fed off of each other and we learned about each other's cultures. But you don't really know somebody's story from what you can read about in a textbook. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody's experience is different. And as we get older, we realize that everything isn't, as they say, black and white. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people have had a lot of struggles and a lot of it has been based on the color of their skin. Mm -hmm. And, you know... I can't really speak on this as much as as you probably can sure. uh, because I feel like I I was pretty, I don't want to say privileged, but, mm-hmm. you know, mi- a middle class family mm-hmm. uh, on the come up and, and you don't really encounter as many issues. Uh, you know, my parents are both immigrants. They mm-hmm. both came to Canada from Guyana and obviously the color of their skin impacted their experience, their citizenship and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the road to that. But for for the most part, I've been pretty lucky mm. uh, when it comes to trying to make it based on the color of my skin. You know, we do encounter those people staring, people saying, oh, my gosh, you mm. look so exotic. How many times have you gotten that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's just sort of now we're at a place where we can kind of normalize mm-hmm. uh, everyone looking different and all the different shades and colors that we all come in and yep. I feel like our generation has been like a tipping point mm-hmm. because we don't see the world the way that, let's say, our parents saw the world. Yeah. Uh, for me, growing up, I actually didn't know uh, what my name meant. My name actually means Friday, just to put that out there. My mom and dad ended up telling me that they gave me that name so that I would remember my roots. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I was born here. What other roots do I have? Yeah. Well, I guess they wanted me to still have the, that cultural, the cultural roots. But growing up, I was the only kid from Ghana in the elementary school that I went, even right. though the school was quite diverse. But even from the beginning of my name, I knew I was different because, you know, you would go mm-hmm. into class. The teacher would start calling out names. And yep. as soon as you get the, the two, the two second pause, it's you like, knew it was your name. Here. Right. Yeah. And. But how did you know? It's like, is it is it Afwa? And I'm like, yes. And I didn't even know how I was supposed to say Afwa because my mom calls mm-hmm. me Efia, which is how it's supposed to be properly said. But it's spelled differently on paper. So I guess the way that they phonetically sort of said it, because I wasn't somebody to sort of assert myself and yep. say, no, this is how you say it. I went with it and yep. I went with it for decades. And so many kids who are in situations like that who come from ethnic backgrounds, yeah. they just don't correct people yeah. because it's not Tom or Nancy. Mm-hmm. And that's not right. I'm sure other people have some similar stories in comparison to what you and I have just said today. Definitely. And I do also want to mention, you know, you mentioned the education. Mm-hmm. And it, when it comes to Black History Month specifically, you know, when we were growing up, it was just this textbook thing. Mm-hmm. We talk about it for the 28 days in February, and then we kind of just never talk about yeah. it again. And we hear about, what do we hear about? Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. Malcolm X, maybe sprinkle some Harriet Tubman in there. Yep. like, And that's it. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they think that that's the well-rounded education. That's all that we needed to know mm-hmm. when there is so much more. And now I think that things are really pivoting and changing and the school system is starting to adapt. As I said, there is a very long road ahead, mm-hmm. but we're hearing more names than just those people. 
honestly, I I didn't even know about Africville in Nova Scotia until later in life, way later in life until I was in my 20s. And I'm like, why didn't I hear about this when I was doing Fully Alive yeah. or <laughs> in grade five? You know, I never heard about it. I heard about Harry Tubman. I loved that. And I would have loved to have known more about mm-hmm. more of the Black History Month on the Canadian side of mm-hmm. things and how black Canadians contributed to the formation of this country. I do agree with you, Shalise. I'm, I'm really glad that it's starting to the tide is starting to turn, although it's still slowly. Mm-hmm. But I would. I do appreciate a step rather than no step at all. Right. Shaliza, I'm curious to know what made you want to go into media and was there ever a part of you that maybe hesitated to go, maybe I should choose something else because I don't see somebody who looks like me in media? Definitely. Uh, well, I did want to go into it in the first place because I was such a talkative kid and like <laughs> nobody could ever get me to shut up. And in almost every one of my elementary schools, my desk got put in a corner to sit by myself because really? I talked way too much. Wow. I, I Anyway, that's a story for another day. <laughs> but I did kind of second guess myself because... Mm. You know, you try to put on this show, this facade about yourself because you feel like you have to live up to what you've seen and heard on the TV Mm -hmm. and on the radio. And when we were growing up, the people in media that we had to look up to Mm -hmm. were, let's face it, mostly white people. And although there are a lot of women I can remember, they were Mm -hmm. still all white. And I remember thinking to myself, well, how do I compare to that? Are Mm -hmm. people going to want to hear my voice on their drive home? Are they going to want to see my face during their six o'clock news when I don't look like that? Mm -hmm. And then we slowly started to see, you know, a little color being sprinkled in. And and now the diversity is is here to stay. Mm -hmm. So I think that was really encouraging. And I think what we're seeing on TV and hearing on the radio now is very encouraging for the upcoming generation. Mm -hmm. But it was very difficult and it was a little disheartening for us because it was like, well, I don't fit in with these people. How am I going to do this job? Yeah. So what about you? Honestly, I (laughs) and uh, I I wouldn't say I was a person that was put (laughs) in the corner of the class. I was actually a very shy kid in class unless people knew me really well and they knew I, I wouldn't stop talking. But... There was a part of me when I was really young that was borderline troubled that I did not see um, somebody that looked like me, even had a name like me, mm-hmm. an African sort of uh, news personality, journalist. And I think that was my drive that I was like, I want to try to get there. Not to say that I got there, but to say to other young people or to the younger generation that if I could be there, it doesn't matter whether you want to be a news person, whether you want to be a chemist, whatever you want to be. But if you can see me here You can see yourself in wherever you want to be. So never sort of shy away from that passion that you have within yourself. You might end up being a trailblazer. And that's sort of what my drive was. So that was half of me. But there was another part of me that was so strong that was so scared. Actually, even to be real, I'm still scared because there's a part of me that even with my name, my name trying to say it, I would always pause. How do I say it so that they, other people would feel comfortable, but not necessarily how I would feel comfortable or what was right for me? I always went back and forth with myself and saying, will I make it? And it's always honestly that back and forth struggle, always that back and forth conversation with myself with, did I write that script properly? Always second guessing my thoughts, my ideas. How do I step into myself and and feel confident and be okay to know that I am 
allowed to be in that particular space and bring all of the uniqueness that is me to this place and not feel like I have to shy back. That's sort of where my experience is and and what it continues to be right now. I guess we'll have to see what happens in the coming days. You gonna shine, years. girl. <laughs> if not for hot sauce, for something else. Yeah, for something. <laughs> uh, before we wrap things up or before we end off here, if you have sort of any advice that you want to give whether it's to our generation or younger generations coming up um, for Black History Month, what would you say to them? I I think I would say do not let anybody or anything dim your light. Mm -hmm. Turn that brightness down because we all deserve to be who we are and living our true selves. No matter what our skin color is, no matter what our background is, we all deserve to be here and we all have worked really hard to get where we are. Mm -hmm. So never let anybody take that away from you. Beautifully said. And what about you, Miss Afwa? Hmm. <laughs> Even though I'm still struggling with it myself, but this is still what I would say to others. There's a reason why you have that passion within you, whatever you want to be. There's a reason why you have that little spark within you that's pushing you to that place where you want to go and where you want to be. Follow it. And it might just be you have the voice to offer something new and something different in that place. And it might be scary. And sometimes scary is a good thing because Mm -hmm. it's pushing you out of your comfort zone, but it's okay. Step into the unique qualities that you have because it is you. You will be surprised as to just how freeing it is once you step into that uncomfort. So don't shy away from that uncomfort, walk into it. And you are walking into your full being, I'll say. Yes, (laughs) yes, girl. And on that note, we thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Millennial Balance. Happy Black History Month, and we will continue to celebrate after this month is over. Definitely. Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 